The Edinburgh Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Nicholson Joinery Limited. Yes, take three then, Cal. Um... We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll those, get there eventually. Uh, for those listening, you know we do just press play and start talking, and um, there's no any real editing goes on here. Um, uh, take one, Callum forgot the the intro. Take two, Callum's internet cut out. But here we are, take three. So we'll see how we get on. It's just the two of us tonight, though, Callum. Um, and I'm going to start off a little, a little, uh, a wee question for you. Have you ever seen the film Gregory's Girl? Yes, not for a while, but um, yes, I have seen Gregory's Girl. Good. I only seen it for the first time um, the other night. There, I heard it spoke about a lot on off mm-hmm. the ball, etc. And um, it's a right good classic, isn't it? It is. It is. It's just. Um... Honest, Scott, I love uh, John Gordon Sinclair in it. I think he's brilliant, and it's just, aye, I just, it, it's a fantastic film um, from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. I think for anybody that's uh, not seen it, some BBC I play the most I mean, of it. To be fair, I think that that's that's a, a minority. Um, I think most folk have seen Gregory's Girl. I mean, if we're talking about Scottish films that have football feature, then oh. a shot at glory. Is is still the benchmark. Nothing, nothing will top Ali McCoy's scoring for Kilnocky, and then square going Ian McCall, and then knocking him square out with one punch. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Robert Duval's like, Scottish apparently, apparently, Robert Duval loved it. Like by all, like absolutely loved the banter, the football banter. Like loved McCoy's and stuff. Um, Oh, because I've been on that set. That must have been some laugh. Oh, but, I mean, uh, but I mean, you look at you look at like the guys that were playing for um, Kilnocky. I think um, Owen Coyle was one of them. I think in the final you see a young Didier Agat turning out for Rangers. Um, if, if like the, right. the eagle-eyed yeah, right. uh, folk there, but it's just uh, what what a film that is. I, I would. I've, it's got me right in the mood to watch that. Actually, just shot at glory. <laughs> Well, it's, it's not. It's not goal. It's not Santiago. That was oh, yeah, well, the worst accent. <laughs> I've, I've never been good at the Newcastle accent. What a start! What a start to the podcast today. Eh? No one. Um, <laughs> there you go. Is there any any other Scottish football based films out there? I'm trying to think. Um, I don't, I don't... A, a time for heroes. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, um, it's up there. It's up there. But um, there you go. There we go. Then start off nice and easy. We're straight to start. Callum, what's your favourite football-based film? Is it A Shot of Glory? To be no, fair, it have to be Scottish. Like A Shot of Glory is up there. Escape to Victory is is the hallmark. You know the the absolute classic, um, which which is just fantastic. You know Sylvester Stallone is the goalie. Pele. Bobby Moore, John Walk up against the Nazis. Um, ah, fantastic, fantastic film. Um, I think, but I mean, seeing as you said football, I'm going to sneak and remember the Titans because that's uh, technically football. Um, Cal, there's only one. Cal, there's only one. Hey, go on then. Me machine. Oh, what a film! <laughs> what a <laughs> film! <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I, like Mean Machine is just absolutely ridiculous. Like, when, um, what did I, I watched The Longest Yard the other day, actually, and I was just thinking about the bit where 
I don't I know that it's like different from Mean Machine, but it's like they were doing like, oh, we're, we're, this is what we'll do, the, the guards, etc. Um, the scene in Mean Machine where Danny Dyer just gets battered by Jason Statham being the monk is just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we digress. If anyone's got any other football films out there that like to get in contact with, do so on Instagram or Twitter. But yes, we're over five minutes in, we've killed time already. But uh, tonight's <laughs> agenda, we're going to start with um, start with an update from the prediction league table. Then we'll go Hibs, Embra City, finish with Hearts, and they give at the end. So, Callum, the round up from last. Um, yes, it's all got very tight at the top. Um, I dropped out of the top three for the first time this season, so that was that was a bit gut wrenching for me. But thankfully, I had a good week. There, um, with that late Maxwell goal last night for Queen of the South giving me a correct score, so I've jumped back into third. But uh, Susan and Ryan Anderson, I tell you, Ryan Anderson has come back off the the, the sustained break thanks to COVID, and I think he's had a correct score in each week. It's been it's been absolutely mm. phenomenal. But um, Ryan Anderson and Susan are sitting joint top at this moment in time. And then you've got Stevie Tate, who must have got a nosebleed after hitting, hitting going joint top last week. He's, he's dropped to second, then a slot into third. And then John Hopkinson, another one who's been top three all season, he he missed yeah. out, not this week, but last week, and didn't get predictions and in time. So that that's cost him. That has cost him. Cost um, him. Um, but the, who was the... The unfortunate donuts this week. Um, so we had we had two we had a, a guy playing for the first time, uh, Alan Hogg, who unfortunately came up with uh, with a bagel as as well as Graham K. Big G, big big fan of the podcast. Ah. Um, we've got a lot of time for him, uh, but unfortunately, uh, it was a it was a bagel for for Big G as well. So um, hopefully, better luck this week. Yeah, well, not to worry. Okay then, right, we're going to start off uh, on Hibs then, Callum, and it's been a, it's been somewhat of a quiet sort of week, wasn't it? Hibs obviously with international duty, something I've actually liked a lot about Hibs this year. Actually, it's probably since Jack Ross came in, but to be honest, we're going on for that for that long, Callum. Just a very, we kind of get on with our business, don't we? Quite quietly, just go about about our business. Not really much coming out of the club in the past maybe ten days, um, going about it quietly, and then to be honest, we back it up with a. With a great result um, last night, we obviously watched it live on the BBC, um, and Hibs just made that easy work of, of clean the south in that second half. It was a good performance, wasn't it, Cam? We're speaking about that before we came on. Good second. Yeah, half. I think I think you look at it, and I think Queens sort of. I want to say they started well, but you know Matt Macy didn't have anything to do. They've got they had the chance with a long throw where Dobby uh, probably should have done better. Guy, his quality, but you know, other than the fact that Paul yeah. McGinn forgot how to play football, uh, I didn't think that Hibs were under any real pressure and still were able to create good chances in that first half. But I think after yeah. about thirty minutes, Hibs upped it, and couldn't say you could see them visibly just drop five ten yards because they they, they couldn't mm-hmm. cope. And you know, in that second half, Hibs came out to play and you know were, were fantastic. I, I mean, I tweeted. Um, last week that it was imperative that Hibs won this game and it was just a fantastic all-round performance and I think you know looking at the rest of the draw Hibs have a really good chance of making it four semis in a row 
Yeah. Um, yeah, first half, I think conditions, obviously, of course, were, were difficult, but Hibs did have a good few chances and still went in, you know, 1-0 uh, up, you know, 1-0 to the good. Um, but for me, Calm, the, the big thing in the past couple of weeks or the last few Hibs games is back to two up front. It just looks like Hibs have got so much more, or two two strikers, I would say. You know, I know maybe, you maybe could argue that Boyle's been up there, uh, maybe off Dodge, but Nisbet and Dodge. Hibs played their best football for me at the start of the season when it was Nisbet and Dodge. He's gone back to it again. Nisbet looks hungry again, Cam. I know probably the first time you've maybe seen him since he's come back in for 90 minutes. I thought he looked really hungry again last night. Um I thought Dodge took his goals, took both goals mm-hmm. tremendously. And I think Boyle looks better when he's got space to go into. You know, when he's got space to attack, he can go in behind on the, and he's got width on the wings to, to attack. It just looked at a nice balance about Hibs last night, certainly for, from my point of view. I, mean, I, th- I thought it just looked good. It looked like good Hibs, good Hibs side yeah, last I think, night. I think once, once Hibs ex- um, exerted themselves in the game, is that the right word? Probably not. Um, but I think once once Hibs got set up, there was only one winner. And, you know, the, the commentary, James McFadden and Liam McLeod, you, you couldn't get away from the fact that every single minute in the second half, they were going, wow, how impressive have Hibs been? You know, and it, it was. Mm. Hibs just upped it to a level that Queen of the South couldn't handle and just sort of blew them away. It, it was 3-0, but it could have gone to 5 or 6 and then Obviously, Queen of the South get a goal back later on. I think that um, Paul Hanlon should do better. But if if I'm honest, I thought Paul Hanlon was very, very good, especially early on uh, last night. I think that what he was doing early on offset a lot of the poor work that McGinn was doing. But I think, look, like you say, Hibs, Hibs came to play last night. They were very strong. You know, Nisbet comes back from the international break. And I, I think you're right, he does look hungry. Um, he's obviously he dropped deep uh, a couple of times in the first half and then in the second half it's a stunning through ball for uh, Mark Boyle I think Joe Newell in that second half he's a Rolls Royce at times uh, you know you sort of yeah. see I, I was moaning a little bit with the challenge that he puts in on the Queen's player that sets uh, Shields through I thought it was a half-hearted sort of tackle and then it's never a penalty Stephen Dobie that's Embarrassing, but no. he strolls forward confidently. What a ball that is for Dodge. And look, fair play to Christian Dodge. That was double figures now for him this season. So back a few months ago, if you can remember, when I was on the podcast and I said that Nisbet should be hitting 15 to 20, Dodge, uh, Boyle and Murphy should be hitting 10 to 15. Well, so far, three, yep. three out of four. I don't think there's enough games for mm. Jamie Murphy. I think injuries have caught up with him, but... Realistically, you know, Hibs have that quality up front and these guys should be producing these yeah. sort of numbers. And I just think yeah. Christian Dodge has had a lot of flack this season. And I mean, even last night when he scored his first, I thought, what a finish that is because there was four Queens players mm-hmm. on the line that he could yeah. easily have hit instead of putting it into yeah. the back of the net. I mean, that you look at the miss against Motherwell, what was it, four weeks ago, and we're going, oh, Jesus, Christian, what are you doing? But, you know, he is talented. He's a he, he's a he's a streaky player, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, when he when he gets one, then he go, then goes sort of five games in a row where he can't stop scoring, and then he'll maybe not score for another six, and then go back in a big run. He is certainly streaky. Um, one thing that really pissed me about Doyle last night, I think it was one nil at the time. Calm. 
and he's away in the right back position, stopping a Queen of the South counter attack. I don't remember yes. that in the second half. You know, I mean, that to me is uh, he's such an asset to have. And I know that at times he he coughs up big big chances, and you know you kind of he's easy to kind of get on get on his back. But the work that he does, he's actually been a top top signing. But and I know it goes back you know in his second year now at Hibs. Um, I think you know I'd I'd love to keep him uh, for for the next good couple of years. I think I he's think a real he's asset. Both in, in, in both boxes, you know, he wins headers. He can he can defend. You know, go, go back there for the fence set pieces. He works hard. Um, it's always good to have players like that. Mm-hmm. Tireless, you know, team first. I love that. I, th- I think you're right. He's he's always been one that's worked hard, and you know, I know yeah. that Hibs have on. I, th- I know Hibs on Twitter can be a bit taxing if you're not a Hibs fan. You know. Um, because there's always a mention of John McGinn whenever he does anything, and yeah. Uh, yeah. the Welsh FA must be absolutely sick of getting tagged by Hibs. But <laughs> you know, I I would be very surprised if Wales didn't think you know may as well take a chance on him because yeah. he'll work harder than most of their forwards. Yeah, yeah. Um. And like you say, Cam, that's the draw opened right up, isn't it, for Hibs? I think they can get to the semi-final with, potent, you know, Strong well, I mean, and then, then Motherwell or Morton, the old, you know, Celtic and Rangers, and, and I think Aberdeen are all on the other side of the draw, well, Cam, I mean, is that it's right? No, it's not a World Cup, it's not the other side of the draw there, Stubbs. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I think Celtic, Celtic and Rangers obviously getting drawn together at this stage is... Fantastic news for every other club in it. You know, instantly clubs will sit there and go, Well, we've got a chance here. Uh, Hibs, you know, Strum Ra uh, next week uh, at Stair Park, you know, a week on Saturday. And I've yeah. like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against uh, form here and actually feel a little bit of sympathy for Strum Ra because Hibs play one game in, in that t- period of time. Strum Ra are playing mm. four. You know, they're playing tonight. They're playing oh, City wow. on Saturday. We'll go on to speak about that. They're playing next Tuesday and they're playing next Thursday. And that's before a Saturday kickoff. And the kick the kickoff oh. is an early kickoff. It's been moved for the BBC. It's 12.15 on the Saturday. So there's Stranra playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, if that wasn't bad enough. But, I mean, they're playing four games. Hibs are playing one. They're part of it. I mean, realistically, Hibs, this should be comfortable. And then Hibs, Morton, Motherwell in the quarterfinals. That's a huge chance for a semi-final without really playing anyone uh, this season. Uh, Motherwell obviously have taken four points at Easter Road in the league. So I'm not saying that that's a, a foregone conclusion, but it's a massive chance. And Hibs will be looking at that going, that's another semi-final. Mm. I can't believe that, that they're that they're. Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. That's incredible. Shannara that is, but we'll come to that, I suppose, in more detail. Um, this weekend then, Callum, it's a, it's a big one. We start off the top six. Uh, probably as hard as it could mm. possibly be. Things in sliced bread. Uh, at, at Rangers there at Ibrox. So, I mean, this is just basic hips. Shouldn't, shouldn't turn up because um, Nathan Patterson's that good. Uh, but... You know, I'd probably just digressing a little bit there. 
What do the hips have to do then? What, what do you do if you're Jack Ross? Do you go, you know what, nothing to lose here. Three five two. the formation we've been playing. You know, Boyle as a wing, Boyle as a sort of uh, a winger on one side. Do you do you go for it in that way or do you change it up? Do you, then, do you put Cadden a little bit maybe more defensive? No, I think, I think what Hibs do is pretty much what they did at Ibrox earlier in the season on Boxing Day. Should have got something out of that game, but I think... Yeah. Realistically, you you play wingers or you you, you get your fullbacks high to to stop uh, Rangers pressing their fullbacks high. It nullified the threat to Bernier and Barisic had. So I think that's that's the yeah. mindset they've got to go in. I'd love to see him just go and have a go. There's there's no point in yeah. sitting in to get beat one nil. You know what's what's the point? Yeah. It has to be tough. Yeah, like, have have a go, and if if Hibs lose three 0 or something on Saturday, and then well, I look that's that's not a great result. But you know we move on. Um, yeah. Hibs Hibs aren't expected to get any points on Saturday, so the top six won't be. You know Hibs finishing. Third isn't going to rest on this won't be. because you know Correct. Aberdeen go to Ibrox on the last day when Rangers are getting the trophy. So I mean, good luck to them there, but. I just think that this this is a free hit for Hibs. Have a little bit of fun, go at them, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to looking forward to. I agree, Calm. I think it has to be has to be two up front. Uh, I'd probably pretty much play the the, the team that played uh, the team that played last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably start that. I think what I like about a three at the back with with sort of with sort of wingers, Calm, certainly against Rangers as well, is that allows. Uh, it allows you to kind of double up on on their wingers as well, you know, Kent, etc. It makes it quite busy in the middle of the park as well uh, to try and get a foothold there because obviously you know Stephen Davis and you know top player. I know Ryan Jacobo will be injured, but yeah, I mean, we've got top players in that centre midfield as well, Rangers. So it kind of makes it busy there, but it keeps two up front, which you know Hibs are better. Hibs are a good counter attacking team, so I think it's important that we keep two players up there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just kind of go play, try and play your own game. Don't try and change it too much. To like you say, you just go and sit, and you end up losing one nil or two one or something, and there's nothing really gained there. So um, may as well go for it. Nothing to lose. Um, okay then, on to Edinburgh City. They've just kicked off uh, tonight against Annan Athletic uh, in the league. But last weekend, Cal, um, I think we, we spoke. Yeah, we did. We had a podcast after the game against Cowden Beast. They're on a great run, weren't they? Um, and then they had the Scottish Cup game and we, we said would it be a full strength you know I think Guy Naismith has rotated you know he's given players a, a start next game on the bench given another player a start so a little bit of, of rotation but um, a better pill to swallow really isn't it because by all accounts so dominant had chances should have really been out of sight but somehow found themselves going at the end they missed one penalty but it was enough to to, to send them out the cup, but it's a they have a sickener, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I, d- I don't think that there's there's any other way to look at it. It's well, I don't know. I've said that, and I'm I'm going to look at it in another way. I think uh, it's it's obviously tough to to lose a game penalties after after leading going into the last minute, but this could well be a blessing in disguise. Uh, City would have had to have played Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You know, they would have been on the same run as Stranra if they'd gone through. So, C- City's uh, 
sorry, priority is the league this year. Correct. So yep. for me, it's a it's a tough one to take. It is hard, but looking at the bigger picture, I think that it's not horrendous. Yeah, you know, we, we spoke about when, when it was uh, announced that league football was be returning and it was going to be you know twenty two games or whatever it was, and we spoke about this schedule is going to be horrific for 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 part time football players. Horrendous, you know. Having from experience, even playing like a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, you can feel it in the legs, you know. But these guys are are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, continuously from now until the end of the season, um. And we spoke about th- when you throw the Scottish Cup into it, it's going to only add more games. I think you're right, Calm. I think that sort of Tuesday-Thursday combination, then into the weekend, that could be really, really damaging, to be honest, for part- part-time football players. You're going to have to really manage your squad sensibly and carefully. You know, you'd never see full-time players mm-hmm. doing Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Never. So I've got no idea why Hibs... To be honest, why Hibs are playing Shonar on, on, on Saturday, that seems just mind mind boggling for me that, uh, that that that's happening. Hibs should be Hibs Shonar should be Sunday night or or uh, Monday night again. But um it's not a Saturday. So uh, I'm digressing there a little bit, but I think you're right, Calm. I think going back to Embers, I think it is a bit of a blessing. I think it really is. Um because we've seen that two seasons ago, Callum that fixtures and injuries caught up with them for a second. It, it, for me, it, it cost them. You know, it cost them a chance of at least getting to the playoff final that year. I'm not saying they might have definitely gone up, but it certainly cost them, I think, getting the opportunity to really have that opportunity, really have that chance to get to League One. Um, they're on a great form in the league. Kind of don't spoil that, really. Would you go as far as that? You know, just Yeah, I think, I think look, um, I, th- I think you have to be pragmatic in this situation. And have to look at what uh, City could have been facing in terms of a fixture pile up, and all all it takes is you know two or three guys to get injured, and all of a sudden the wheels come off. City, do they, they miss out on the playoffs? And then was it really worth one more round in the Scottish? Not not for me. So I think I it was it was a horrible way to lose, but I think. Going forward, it's it's probably going to be better for for City. I mean, but I mean, we really can't go much further without talking about how good City's goals were. So, um, I think like really Uzi sees a what ball in, but I mean, we Hamilton overhead kick that just to have the confidence to try that is, but to actually pull it off in such style was fantastic. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm looking at the league table here, Calum. You know, everyone speaks about Queen's Park. You know, Queen's Park have been dominant, you know, right now as it stands. I know in Embrace City are currently playing, but if it was to finish how it is now, you know, Queen's Park are 10 points clear mm-hmm. um, of City right now. So no talk about that. But City have scored the most goals in, in League Two this year. The firepower that Embrace City have is, uh, is clear for everyone to see. What is a bit disappointing is the number of goals they've conceded. You know, 17 goals is the most... Um, in the sort of playoff positions, uh, you know, from fifth, fifth onwards, it's the most goals conceded. I know they've maybe played a game more than a couple around them, but you know they, they have been. You know, we, we, we spoke about Embers City before. They've really built on the strength of of their defence, haven't they? With the likes of 
you know, the, the performances of Liam Henderson, you know, Bellatoni, you know, obviously the full-backs we spoke about so often. Um, so clean sheets, I think, are going to be, would be nice to come in. Because again, that was another two goals conceded at the weekend. And let's be honest, two goals again, which probably fall into the soft category, wouldn't you? Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. But for me, I'm, I quite enjoy the fact that City are adopting the Real Madrid of the 60s approach of it doesn't matter how many you score, we'll score two or three more. I think that that's, that's how football should be played. None of this sitting in for a, a 1-0 or anything like that. Let's, let's have four, four ones and five threes, etc. Um, I think that look, City are the, the great entertainers of League Two. Um, I think that I'd rather have them scoring goals than, you know, being tight to the back, sort of scoring goals and not being tight to the back than uh, the other way around, you know, and they're sort of drawing 0-0 and maybe sneaking a 1-0 because, I mean, if you're struggling to score, if a team gets in front, then that's you. So I think, yeah. uh, as we've seen all through this season, you know, Queen's Park scored three and, you know, City weren't finished. So on on the whole, you've just got to look at it and be... Positive. Yeah. Um, so, and in tonight, of course, um, not really too much to say on that other than it's 10 minutes in, it's 0-0, so hopefully uh, in a couple of hours' time, members of City have picked up another win. Um, on to Saturday, we'll speak about that because that's, that's, that's a huge game for me. You know, Stranraer, you know, you look at the league table, Stranraer are just in that, uh, in those playoff positions in fifth. And they've come off the back of a good good result away up in Brora. They came through, good result for them. They've been decent form, Stranraer, actually. Full of the fact they've got four games in a week coming up, perhaps. But this is a big game. Is it? Is it? I'm think, is it home or away, Calm this weekend for? It's Steer Park. It's at Steer Park. So yeah. it's um, so it's a it's a massive trip for for City to be making. But I think um, I think Stranraer will probably approach this is look, if we can win this game then if we drop points in the league games leading up to it or to be fair Sunra are they going to really care about the Scottish Cup against against us I mean I'm not saying that any professional club would ever uh, throw a game or anything like that but Sunra will be looking at it and going well we need points in the league so I think that they'll, they'll go full strength against City uh, in the hope that if they can get the three points then you know if, even if they drop points City are you know needing to make up more ground on them so I think it's going to be a tough game I think it's going to be a good game I think both teams play well but I mean we're talking about Shinra they, they went through 120 minutes on Saturday 90 minutes tonight um, oh, well, to be fair City went through 120 minutes so that that that, <laughs> that point doesn't make sense let's scratch that <laughs> something that is interesting though Callum you know you look at away form member of City away from home they've played seven five wins one draw one loss so that's only better by Queen's Park, who are who have got six wins and one draw. Um, so in terms of away from home, City are strong. Mm-hmm. So that could, you know, play in their favour. I look at the, the attacking options they've got. You know, you look at tonight, Callum, a front four, so to speak, of Davita, Campbell, Handling and Uzi C. Um, you know, four players who are in form, have scored goals of late, Um should almost score from anywhere. It's almost made, you know, it's made for them to kind of keep it tight at the back because you know you've got players in forward areas that can that can really cause teams problems, you know. So I think it's there for them. I think 
if they can pick up six points in these next two games, Callum, well, we're just going to predict the City win every game now. This, this is the way it is, isn't it? Well, I mean, to be fair, it's it's not a surprise because they're, they're that good, you know. Yeah. Um, just have to wait and see, I think. But it's, it's a tough game away at Stranraer, but, you know, when it comes to the predictions at the end of the podcast, I know what I'll be backing. Yeah. Um, a week on, any further, you know, a week on from the last thing in the city. It's been a week uh, tomorrow. That announcement came out again about uh, about moving back to Meadow Bank. Any any further thought? You know, for me, I haven't really thought about it because we did the, we did the podcast pretty much as soon as it was uh, was soon was announced. So a week on, um, I know I had my little conversation about you know maybe is it worth moving Embra City to the west side of the city and things like that with the youth system out there. But sitting back and and thinking about it, you know, a week on, Callum. I'm 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 absolutely over the moon that City are going back to Meadowbank because it's oh I know that the club has moved forward a lot um, in the, in the past sort of couple of years that I've been away you know I know there's no really anybody left in terms of staff or coaching staff that were there at, at the time that, 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 that the club got promoted but it kind of seems somewhat it's nice to know that it's going back to that having been having been a part of that club's history it's nice to know that it's not having a completely new start somewhere else and it's a, like a totally different football club, you know, and it's in a new home elsewhere in the city and it's like, kind of forgets about where it kind of came from. It's nice that it's going back to, going back to its roots. The club are, recognise its roots and um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just delighted that it's going back to Middlebank, Callum, anything further to add on that? Hey, no, no, really. I think that you've summed it up pretty well is, it's just a massive step forward for the club and if the planning permission can come in for the 1,500-seater stand, then that's that's huge for my city. And, you know, I know that uh, they've got ideals on being the best parting team in Scotland and then, well, losing that tag to go full-time. But I think yeah. They've just they've just got to take each step as it comes, and I think that they're they're moving in the right direction. And like I said last week, and it's it's an exciting time for Edinburgh City. One thing as well, last point, Calm. Something in the past we've we've been mentioned that at times, you know, we've been at a game and Edinburgh City are are updating their, their Twitter. And actually, by the time we've got home, they finally announced that it's been full time. But we've got to say. I don't know if it's James, James McDonough thing moving upstairs, maybe maybe pulling strings, whatever. But the social media coverage from Ember City since since they've come back from lockdown, Cal, fair play. You've got player player interviews. You've got uh, highlights going up, uh, you know, in a, in a nice, quick fashion. You've got regular updates at, at games, etc. Fair play. They've upped their up their social media game, haven't they, Cal? Certainly. Um, I, I, I think, I think you're spot on. Sorry, I thought when you said your last point, it was going to be um, the the loan signings of uh, Jamie Dushington and oh, uh, gosh, Jordan yes. Tappen. No, yes, the gift that keeps on giving Ember City. We might just change this to Ember City Football Podcast the way it's going here. Uh, yes, two signings, Callum. Two players that I know. Well, I, I know one very well. I know one um, relatively well in terms of playing against them. I think a couple of years I played against. Uh, John Tapper is actually starting tonight, Calm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, I remember seeing him, you know, really strong, you know, physical, pacey, really athletic. I think he actually got a move. Um, did he get a move to senior off the back of that? And then he come back to Shire. 
I think he might have. I think he actually went to Steny, I think, maybe, perhaps. And then he went back to Shire. I won't quote me on that. But no, I think that's a good signing. I've not seen a lot of him recently, I have to say, Calm, I don't know if you've seen him recently watching Civil and Spartans at, at Shire Games, Calm, can you remember? Uh, I've seen him, but uh, I thought he was very good against Spartans. What was it? Was it last year? Um, it was a 2-1 win for Spartans. I thought, um, especially in the second half, they came right onto a game. But uh, I, at this moment in time, um, I've not seen too much of them. I'll just go by what you you would say. Yeah, and then obviously Jamie Dishington got his, you know, certainly a player that was um, highly regarded at Spartans. You know, certainly, you know, Doogie Samuel really, really rated highly. Um, and then he got his move. I was quite surprised. You know, I, I thought maybe at that point when he left Spartans, would a team maybe have taken a, Maybe taking a gamble on him, but he decided to go through to to East Stirling. But now he gets an opportunity. He's kind of given himself an opportunity now to to maybe in League Two show that if he's if he's um, kind of ready to take that step up, because if he can kind of do it in Borough City, then you've got to think he's kind of put himself in the shot window. It's a kind of the perfect opportunity for these players that are going on loan from from uh, lower league sides. They've got a real opportunity to put themselves in the shot window, Callum. And if he hits a good running at Embra City, then he could be a League Two player next year. You know, because you know, if, if, if he does well for them, then you'd think that they'll probably take up the option to, to sign well, up permanently. So to it's be a, fair, if he does if he does well at Edinburgh City, he'll be a League One player next season. <laughs> but no, I mean, you've obviously a player you've seen you've seen quite a lot of, Callum, as well. I, uh, I, I think that there's there's definitely um, I've, I've not seen. Much of them at Shire, obviously saw a lot of them at Spartans. Um, I think that there's a player in there, but some some work needs to be done, and you know we'll see see what happens there. Yeah, certainly a lot. Of, it's a lot. He's still a young player. Certainly a lot of potential. I think it's just consistency. Mm-hmm. It's consistency. You know, I think um, it's kind. You know, because at times like, when he's maybe playing against the likes of let's say Vales or Dalbites of you know, that he's chipping him a hat-trick, etc. It's can you turn those performances into the, into the big, big games? And I know he scored a couple of really important goals in the Scottish Cup this year. Um, I think he scored a really good goal against the East Colbert Kelty as well this season for Shire. It was a sort of long ranger. Um, it's just, can you can you do that week in, week out against hard, hard opposition? Um, I think he's certainly got all the attributes to do it. You know, I think, you know, really fit. Got a bit of pace, scores goals. Can you do it on a regular basis? And hopefully he can. And I think if he does, then he'll, he'll, he'll kick on. So good luck to him in this little loan move he's got. He's got opportunity to put himself in the shot window, certainly. Um, okay, then, right. Last little point. 20 minutes in, still nil nil between Edinburgh City and Annan. We'll keep you updated as we go on, although you'll probably listen to this when the game's been full time, so it probably makes no sense. But I'll keep you posted, Callum, anyway. Um, right, on to, on to Hearts then. Um, I kind of don't want to feel like a broken record, Callum, but Saturday again, you know, you can maybe, the result from Broda, you can maybe understand a little bit of a hangover from from the game going at the Queens. And you can maybe, and, and the goals that they conceded were really sort of individual errors, weren't they, Callum, at the Queens game? Mm-hmm. You could easily have kind of come away with a point and kind of got away with one, but a really unfortunate own goal from Irvin to come away with nothing. Saturday was the one for me. They had a week to prepare for it. Um, I, that was the game I thought there'd be a reaction. Dunfermline came off the back of a 5-1 defeat from Wraith. 
and to go through there and nil-nil, by all accounts, same sort of type of performance, that was the one that kind of, kind of, even more so annoyed me than the Queen's one, Calm. Um, there had to be a reaction. You had a week to prepare for that. A week had passed from that, you know, 10 days on from that broader result. It was about time to lay down a marker, playing against, again, a team that are in around the playoffs, a team that had done well against you last time you were up there. You know, they beat you. But nothing. A nil-nil draw, nothing to write home about. And it's just the same things we're raising every single week. You finished? I'm Jesus finished. Jesus Christ, eh? Um, there's a monologue. Um, no, I think... Look, I asked Byers before um, we started, and he's like, you know, it's another gutless performance, you know, since the Broder game, looking for any sort of redemption, and there's none, you know, and he's he's saying that he expects a, a big performance this Friday against Aloha. Uh, but look, for, for me, I, I said, to, said to my girlfriend's uh, dad in the weekend, I said to him, you know, where's, where's, where's the reaction been from from this Hearts team? You know, because where are the players stepping up and taking responsibility for the defeat of Brora, the defeat to Queen of the South? Why why is no one in that dressing room going, here, we need to buck our ideas up because this is not good enough? You know, Hearts are one of the, one of the five big clubs in Scotland and right now, this whole season um, has just been one lutch to another, uh, poor performance to poor performance, and it's, it's just not been good enough from top to bottom. I think you you played um, Stephen Presley's excerpt from the, was it the Scottish Football Podcast last night? Yeah. And look, I know Hearts fans... I'll sit here and go, well, Stephen Presley's a snake. I don't care about his opinions, but I would urge any Hearts fan to listen to what he's saying and disagree with him because the the passion that he speaks about for Hearts is something that really, really uh, strikes me. But I think that what he's saying is there's, there's no leadership from from guys within the club. You know, what's, what's Jim Jeffries doing? Um, what's Anne Budge doing? What's Joe Savage doing? Why are they not coming out and giving you know Robbie Nielsen that, that that support? You know, bad results happen, but things things can change. And you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and having a go at guys that are in the club uh, who thrive on situations like this. And you know, I think was it Kenny McIntyre? I don't rate him at all. I think he's a bit of a um, I kind of say that on the podcast, but um, you know, he's like he's like, oh, you're talking about Craig Levine, but I mean, well, let's be honest. Craig Levine didn't do himself any favours by saying, oh, that's, well, you better ask Daniel, that's his his fault that we're here. But, I mean, he's been at fault, but I mean, you're looking at it, is he, is he talking about Gary Locke? Is he talking about Gary McKay? Guys that, well, maybe not Gary Locke, but I mean, you know, where's, where's Gary Locke in, in all this? He's supposed to be a big hearts man. Why is he not like giving some advice to Robbie Nielsen or like coming out in, in support of him or anything like that? Why is, um, because he's employed by the club, he has to, it has to be on the same page, you know. Why is it's a lack of a lack of togetherness, Cam, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. like a, it's kind of like we're not really getting involved in, in, in football and matters here. We're happy to kind of 
take away. We're not really. It, it just gets this impression that people are, are happy to to put all of this on on Robbie Nielsen. To be mm-hmm. honest, they're kind of, and I know Robbie Robbie's coming for criticism, and I know when it, when he first came in, when he first signed, I kind of said, you know, Dundee United fans aren't bothered about him leaving. I thought, I, you know, I remember I, I put that question to Bayard and yourself, Callum. Does that concern you that Dundee United fans aren't bored at all? But it does strike me, and, and Presley, I spoke, thought, spoke really, really well. There's a lack of leadership right throughout that football club, right throughout that football club, and there's a lack of togetherness for me as well. From you know, she's you know, he's saying that Anne Budge's sort of statement after the Broda game didn't really back Nielsen. You've got. What, what he was saying was you've got people that love to be connected to Hearts and kind of come across as big Hearts fans, but they're not really... They love when Hearts are in situations like this because they can kind of kick them when they're, when they're down, was kind of what he was saying, Callum, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I kind of feel for... I kind of... I, you sort of feel sympathy for Robbie Nielsen, which is something that, realistically, as a Hibs fan, I'm not, I'm not really... You know, I'm... I'm but obviously, I, like doing this podcast, I don't want to don't want to make you know pile on for Hearts fans, etc. But I mean, I think that he, he's he's been left out in the lurch, and you know, obviously, there have been poor results and there have been poor performances, and he needs to step up and take a lot of the blame for that. Uh, yeah. I think that you know there was you see the document that came out on the amount of money that Hearts are paying players this season. Yeah. That's 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 an absolute shambles, you know. The top three earners at the club are over um, thirty three, you know, and that was another one. Christoph Berra, you know, uh, for me, Christoph Berra's comments after Daniel Stendel basically told him, like, look, you're finished. That's not a captain of a football club, you know. It's very, uh, you know, you're supposed to be hearts through and through, and you're running off to the papers because the managers dropped you. You know, you're supposed to be bigger than that. You know, stay in house and focus on you know hearts, what's best for the club. And basically, I, I thought that he handled himself very poorly throughout that time. And then he's come back in and he's, he's at it again. You know, there's there's no there's no support for Robbie Nielsen or anything like that. And I mean, Stephen Presley basically left him almost without a name. But I, I just think that right right from the start, like where, where's the guy in in the dressing room that's saying what what are we doing? Like, and I, I, we've, we've said it time and time again, but Hearts have just, they're lurching through this this season. They will go up. They will go up. They will get promoted. But I mean, what is what the Hearts in the top flight look like next season? Another fifth, like another, what, 10 players coming in? Six or seven going out? Cam, but, I, honestly, with every, with every passing week, are players not looking and going, if I'm not able to put in eight out of ten performances, eight, nine, tens out of tens for Hearts in the Championship, then they're not going to beat a Hearts next year. Mm-hmm. Are none of these players thinking that I better start, or, or, or are they thinking all they've got to do is is out, out, outlast the manager? I don't know because I think I think that I think that what you're saying there makes a lot of sense. You know, I think that there are players that in that dressing room that are sitting there going, "Well, I'm not playing for you." And I think that um, what was it you said? You messaged me earlier, Daryl Broadfoot, saying that it's it's a bit um, you know guys are able to come to Hearts and you know they're able to do their media work, this, that, and the next thing, and it it just gives off the impression that look, Hearts aren't 
a football club that is concerned with winning. You know, Hearts are a football club just now that um, just want to just oh come to us. We'll we'll have a bit of fun. There's there's you know there's no pressure on you. There's no this. There's no that. It's just you know. Da -da 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 -da. I mean, Hearts are going the way of like a middling a premiership club to lower premiership club. There's no um, desire in there. There's no hunger. There's no there's no one in the middle of the park driving them on. There's no one at the back that's leading by example. There's no one up front doing anything. And I mean, like Craig Gordon, I feel for him. He's 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 been fantastic this season. So you know, when I see him on sports scene and that, and like, I don't include him, but I mean, Stephen Neesmith's been on sports scene umpteen times this season. Andy Halliday's been on up a go. And I mean, look, I'll, I'll hold my hands up here. I thought Andy Halliday at the start of the season would have been a fantastic signing for Hearts. And I'm going to hold my hands up here and say that was incredibly poor shout from myself. It's so frustrating, it, like watching this and seeing Hearts just, just be nothing. You know, there's nothing about them. There's no style. There's no bottle. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just so poor. There's, there's nothing there that makes you go, wow. That's, I mean, that's a Hearts team. You know, you take Craig Gordon out of that Hearts team and honestly, I don't think they'd be winning the league. And that's embarrassing to say at this stage of the season. I don't, I don't want to say, like, but like, where's the identity? Where's the, you know, and obviously, like, you, you talk about uh, once once fans get back to Tynecastle and things like that, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, Tynecastle used to be a bear pit, you know, and I don't know how many fans, like, sorry, how many players have said, oh, you know, Tyne Castle was my favourite away day. Tyne Castle, because the fans are right on top of the pitch. And you're sitting there going, Phew. like, it was the same sort of last season, etc. The last sort of 18 months, it's been, you know, teams have been turned up at Tyne Castle and leaving with three points. Absolutely not not a problem. You know, there's not yeah. been, there's not been that sort of ferocity in, in the support. And, you know, the, the fans are sitting there going, but what, what am I giving to this team when I'm not getting anything in return? The, um, I think the worst or the last possible thing. I mean, there's no doubt that the, one of the toughest jobs now at Hearts has got to be Joe Savage. He has got, this summer, he has got to get these signings bang on this summer. Mm -hmm. um, huge, huge summer for Hearts when it comes to recruitment, uh, recruitment. But I tell you what, the worst thing to come out of Hearts, to be honest, I don't know how accurate it is, but that tweet about wages... Mm -hmm. It's probably the worst thing to have to have come out recently because if you're a player that's at the club and you see what maybe others are on, if you're a potential new signing, mm -hmm. how can Hearts possibly bar? It's very difficult to recover from that. If if, if that is true, and I, and I'm sure, let's be honest, agents and stuff will be hot on that. They'll have probably seen this. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to bargain. Uh, wages, etc. When you know what top earners are on, you know what the majority of squad are on. Well, that's gonna, that can make it very difficult for Joe Savage to get some maybe signings across. That's, you, I, th know. I think you're spot on. I mean, you're, you're talking about you're looking at Andy Irvin, um, and he's looking at what Andy Halliday's on, and he's going, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, um, I'll have that then. Um, whereas Hartsel probably have gone to him. I mean. Even, even I don't know, like say Declan Gallagher. I think Hearts, Hearts have been rumoured to be interested in him. So I mean, yeah. Declan Gallagher sitting there, I think he's thirty-one, um, and you know what, Halkett's on about two or something, was he not? Um, but Gallagher will walk in and go, "There is on thirty-three. I'll take that." Or uh, sorry, um, 
John over three grand. Give me that. Whereas they'll probably have looked to put one similar wages to to Halkett or something. There's, yeah. a, there's a very good point, though, that you bring up. I think that it it makes it difficult for for them to negotiate. Yeah, very much so. Okay then. Um, so Alaba then on on Friday night, a live game on the TV again. So what can we possibly expect this weekend? Who knows when it comes to that, Callum? But I mean, look, it's it's Alaba. It's um, I'm sorry, but can what give give this support something to cheer about? You know, give them uh, two two up top. Give them an attacking philosophy. Give them something where they're sitting in their houses watching this, actually pleased to be watching Hearts. Yeah. You know, give give them give them something to cheer about. And you know, I'm not saying that beating Aloha makes up for Brora, etc. But see, when you win a game, you know you don't hate your football team that much. It's just like give them two. It's two wins out of nine right now. I think it is. Calm is that right? Something something like that. uh, There's something dire to be fair, but Hmm. yeah. And you know what? It should it should be though. You know, part time team, a team that are rooted to the bottom, seven points adrift of four games to go. I mean, I know it. This is this is Alawa's last chance. I would say. Um, Uh, No, Alawa down. Alawa down. See if this is. See if this is like one nil, you know, it's just come on, eh? So Jack, you're, gonna, you're even backing them for a win. I think I think Hearts fans will probably even take one nil right now. But I know what you mean, Captain. It, it has to be three points. Like you say, put on a performance. Just I mean, I think Hearts did quite well the last thing they played Alawa. I think was it a league, you know, Janelli scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually put in a, a decent enough result that night. So the three one, I think, um yeah. away from home. Yeah. Okay then. Right. Predictions. Predictions then. Predictions. Um, we'll start off nice and easy. Ranger Hibs. Nice and easy. Aye. Um, I don't know. My my heart says two 0 Hibs. Um, but because I'm right up the top of the league, I've got to try and take this as serious. See if Hibs win now. Now, Kim, what? Two one Hibs. I don't care. Two one. I'm gonna go for two one Rangers. Unfortunately. Uh, a hearts at home and away. Hearts are at home, mate. Aye. Hearts, hearts, Alabama. Uh, I will take hearts three nil. Yeah, I'd take Castle surely this time. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna match you three nil hearts. Oh. And uh, Stranor City. I'm I'm gonna go for the full house this week. I'm gonna go City two one. Two one. I like that. I like that a lot. Um. But I'm going to go a bit tighter. I'm going to go for 1-0 City. Oh, okay. 1-0 City. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay then, Calm. Anything else to, to add? I think that's, I think we've fairly covered it. No, I think that's it, mate. Perfect. Any more thoughts on any other football films? Are we going to leave it Shaolin Soccer or something like that? I never saw that. I never saw that. I mean, you've got the goal franchise down south. Um, kicking and screaming with Will Ferrell was pretty funny. There's been some shockers. Although to be fair, would you class like the football factory in Green Street as um, football films? Uh, we can do. Although I wouldn't be where my mind would go to certainly straight off the bat. But um, 
Guys, and to let us know if we're missing any any of your favourites, so you might just you might just back up back up some of our ones there. Greg and his girl, Shot of Glory, Calm Shot of Me Machine, whatever they are. Okay then. Right. Thanks for joining myself and Calm. That was the end of the football podcast. Get your predictions in. Remember, it's a Friday night game, 